The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I, I do want to hear what, um, what happened for you in the meditation, particularly around the difficult person. But I'll just say a few words first. Um, um, I mentioned earlier that uh, through this process of cultivating metta formally, essentially we are picking beings that um, are representative. We're picking specific beings in these different categories. Easy being or benefactor is a more traditional word for that. Somebody for whom um, it's very easy to connect. Somebody maybe who has supported you in some way. So easy being a self dear friend, neutral person, and difficult person, that um, anybody you can imagine on the planet um, will fall into one of these categories. And so essentially what we're doing is we're looking in the specific, because with particular people, there are specific things that they've done that, that come into our mind. You know, sometimes if we just start and try to explore metta towards all beings, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, all beings, yeah, I'd love for all beings to be happy. But then as soon as we bring a specific individual into mind, these things come up. And so it's a kind of a way to undercutting the delusion that can happen for us around wishing metta to all beings, that we might uh, just be, you know, kind of putting a, like a wash of like metta over all beings, but not really connecting to things that people do. And we are encouraged to have this wish for metta be an unconditional wish. That it doesn't require any kind of transactional relationship. It doesn't require that they do anything kind for you. It is simply wishing beings well no matter what. This unconditional. And so it's helpful to bring the specifics into mind to help us kind of draw out those... um, those rubs, those things that are in the way of that unconditional wish. And so the specifics, I think, whoever came up with this practice, and it's an old practice, it apparently predates the Buddha even. It was apparently around at the time of the Buddha. And so this practice of, you know, kind of the, the picking specific individuals to help us to uncover the delusional aspect of, um, oh yeah, I wish all beings well. Um, that's been around for a long time. And whoever came up with it, I think, was really, it was a really brilliant idea to, to help us to, uh, to see those things. Because that's, when they're not seen, that's when they, um, they have the underground effect on us. You know, when we're, when we're secretly or, or subconsciously, really, this is, this is kind of looking at the subconscious, the word delusion in the Buddhist uh, world is really kind of the, the realm of our minds. That's what, what Freud would call the subconscious or the unconscious. And so it begins to draw that, what is subconscious or, or less conscious, into our minds so that we can see it. And that's where, uh, not to judge ourselves, not to, to beat ourselves up as being a bad people, be people for having those feelings, but to begin to recognize, oh yeah, that too is conditioned. That too is a part of this, this being's makeup. 
And when it's seen, actually, when those, those reactions come into consciousness, there's at least some measure of capability that we have when there is awareness of reactivity. There's some measure of capability we have to perhaps choose to not act out of that. Not to repress it either, because that just puts it back into the subconscious, but, um, but to hold it and recognize, yeah, that's there, and can I you know, broaden my heart a little bit and um, act maybe out of my better nature? So the, in particular, in, I think, for myself at least, the, the, the self, the dear friend, and the difficult person are the three areas where the, that, that work of drawing the, the, um, the rub around wishing myself well, around wishing a dear friend well, around wishing a difficult person well, those things tend to, tend to come up. So for myself, um, I offered the negative phrases, and that was something that really supported me when I ran into that rub. Um, and then today I came up with something new, which I'll share with you now, because it, might, it just happened. I've never done this before, but it spontaneously happened. I, I wished my difficult person the phrasing, may you be free from mental distress first. And then... Following that, immediately, may you be happy. It was, it was like a little bridge, because it, essentially, may you be free from physical distress, mental distress, is a, is a kind of a, a, a correlate to may you be happy. May, then, may you be free from physical distress. May you be healthy. May you be free from danger. May you be safe. And so I just wished those in parallel and I found the first time the first round I went through was wishing uh, I did a few phrases of wishing the first you know may you be happy may you be healthy and I felt a very subtle kind of (laughs) with the, the 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 what I call negative phrasing may you be free from mental distress there wasn't that and so there could be more of a connection and care and open-heartedness uh, with that. And then when I wished the, uh, the more usual phrase, may you be happy, it was there. So that was, uh, that was, a, that was a new thing that I offer as something to try. Um, resentment can often come up with the difficult person. Um, and and um, we're talking about, maybe we'll talk about resentment in a bit. But let me just check in with you and see how was it um, what did you notice with the in particular with the difficult person or any any comments or questions about about the experience yeah and could you use the mic Um, is the light on? There's a, there should be a, there's a button on the side under the number. That should be better. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, I noticed with a difficult person that it was not the wishes were not so unconditional. Uh huh. That uh, it, it was you know in some ways I was uh, wishing that person you know free from mental distress, but in return in, in hoping for some return 
for my benefit. Yes, yes. I mean, this is very common with the difficult person, I'd say. It's like, yes, oh, may you be free from suffering so you don't do all this stuff, right. <laughs> basically. You know, it's like, that. that's a very common um, noticing. So it's not unconditional. Again, to just notice that and hold that um, and see, you know, it's, it, it is, the wish is really um, for their well-being. Mm-hmm not for hours. Right. And so, you know, so, so just to notice that and, and see if you can hold, well, hold that, but also see if there can be a little bit of, and yes, may you, you actually be happy. <laughs> it was just very interesting to notice the difference. Yes. In, you know, the way the heart felt. That's right, you know, yeah. For the different people. Well, I find, I find with the metta practice, that act or that kind of bringing it back to how does it land? What is the response? That's where it gets really interesting because you do start to see these differences and start to see what's there. That's, that's drawing that unconscious response, really, into consciousness. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that you felt that uh, it was, okay, this is what I felt when I got that person in my mind who, okay, let me go back. This is my first class I'm coming here for. And I just felt when you said this is what we are going to work on today with our meditation, I said, this is perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for for today. (laughs) And when you said get that person in your mind, some, something, somebody has been bothering for a while. And interestingly, I just finished a course in mindfulness. And I did a lot of work with mindfulness with that person. And today when you said get that person, I said, perfect. This is the right time for me to again get that person in my mind. And it was interesting. I didn't feel that much anger mm. for that person. But when you said wished it well, I couldn't do that. Uh-huh, yes. It was more than I said, okay, if I wish them well, that's for my own benefit, like how you mentioned that. And I think that's what I went through when I did my mindfulness practice with letting that person come in my mind and let it just go, that this is, it's happening, it's there, I need to embrace it, mm-hmm. let it just be in my life. So it was interesting. The first first one was perfect. I had somebody in my mind very dear to. I could give out very good vibrations. Meta. Second was myself. I couldn't. Yeah, that's not uncommon also. Um, but the third one, I was, it was literally, it was like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. That, you know, okay, I don't care. Be happy. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anymore, but uh, thank and, you. And did the shift of phrase change that a little bit Perhaps. for you? That Perhaps. make it a little easier to wish, may you not have... Perhaps yeah. it did. Yeah. Because I could not say, may you be happy. Yes. But I could say, may you be... Free, free from distress. mental distress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good place to start then. If you could at least say that, you know, to, to at least... Even if it doesn't feel like a wholehearted mm-hmm. wish, you know, at least you can kind of express that. Um, I'm curious, too. I, I offered this, which I've not offered before, the, for the self, the may this being be happy. Did that have an effect for those of you for whom it's a little more difficult? For me, it was very difficult to wish myself meta early on. Um, um, and so, you know, I played with a lot of different things. But I'm curious, did that affect you in the... Metaphor self at all to shift to may this being 
be happy. I felt very selfish. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So that's that's an that's an interesting point around the the meta for self. That um, often that turning towards self um, feels it feels like oh I should I you know the selfishness quality the sense of that this is I, I, I shouldn't do this for myself it's selfish um, uh, that's a a misunderstanding in a way you know and. Um, so again, noticing that, noticing the selfish feeling and seeing if that can be held, you know, to understand what is it, you know, what is the belief there? You know, it might be interesting to explore a little bit of mindfulness with that feeling of selfishness, you know, what is the belief that if I wish myself well, what? What, what why is that selfish, you know? So I, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting kind of uh, reflection the the understanding and what I've actually seen in my own practice is that the more I wish myself well, the more available the heart is to wish others well. So it's not at all selfish. It's actually the opposite of selfish. It creates the conditions internally to to share our our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you? Want I thought I saw you. Yeah. <coughs> There was a shift with may this being mm-hmm. instead of may I. With may I, whenever I do this, I feel like I'm the one giving the blessing. And with this being, um, I was receiving the blessing. Mm-hmm. It was a very different sensation. Yes. Yeah, and that, that shift, sometimes we can consciously make that shift to receive instead of send. Um, and that does have an effect often. So, yeah, I mean that, and that's a, that's a good... Um, check you know and another thing you can explore with receiving sometimes I found it helpful in receiving metta for myself you know sometimes sometimes teachers have said and I find for myself that the self sometimes we could think of the self as fitting in all five of the categories you know it's sometimes it's the easy being Sometimes it's the the um, the dear friend. Sometimes it's the neutral person. Sometimes it's the difficult person. <laughs> so you know, it's like there's we have those relationships with ourselves, and depending on what that relationship is, there'll be different things coming up. Um, sometimes it can be helpful in in exploring the receiving side to um, envision someone who you know really cares about you offering you metta. So a parent or a grandparent or a, a, a grandchild or, um, you know, to, to kind of have that, that receiving coming from so that it, 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 it's a little more indirect. So that's another, another possibility there. Yeah, other... other I, yeah. I had a question. Mm-hmm. So my easy person is this delightful young man who works for me. Just kind of got a lazy streak. <laughs> and I, I kept on having thoughts when I was wishing him to be at ease because I don't want him to be too much at ease. <laughs> That's bad for me, and it's bad for his career. So there's a little bit of the um, um, unconditional there. Um, but again, at the same time, what we are wishing, um, we are wishing healthy wishes for people. You know, so we're not wishing, when the, for the difficult person, when we wish, may you be happy, we are not wishing for them to be happy doing unskillful things. Um, and so that's, that's, a, that's another thing, sometimes why it's easier to wish the 
may you be free from mental distress because that more directly speaks to um, a, a healthy happiness, basically. Um, so may you, be, may you live with ease. Again, it's not about just like, oh yeah, whatever. I mean, that's not, the, that's not what we're wishing for people. Um, we are wishing that they can hold themselves, take care of themselves with some ease and some, um, some ease of heart. So it, we aren't wishing them to be and yet we have to take care in that wish not to be wishing it conditionally. Oh, yeah, may you take your, care of yourself at ease so that you work harder. For, for me. me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So would a turnaround be something like may you be free from agitation? Uh, yes. Actually, that, yes. So may you be free from agitation would be a kind of the, the, the third one, the fourth one. May you take care of yourself happily. May you be free from agitation. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. So other comments? Um, yeah. What I had come up today surprised me, and um, it's easing a bit now because I'm feeling compassion. But friends, difficult. What came up was friends and difficult friends. Everyone, even my very closest awesome person. Um not believing they could be happy. Like, oh. I've seen their thing through the years. <laughs> 20 years, you know, longer. And, and they have this, these things yep. that keep them from being happy. Mostly it's, a, it's um, a pushing, it's a resisting reality or pushing against things, right? And that creates them a lot of anxiety. And, of course, then when I'm around them, I love them very much, but when I'm around them, I have to work around that, right? And so I've accepted everybody or feel like I have, but I just can't believe it. And free from mental distress helps a little bit because then I can visualize. I guess that's what was, but it didn't happen during the meditation. Mm -hmm. But that, it's not even almost an agenda for them. It's just... Just not believing they can change. So, so this is th- this is great. I'm so happy you brought this up. Um, I think this is this is true for ourselves as well. You know that when we wish meta for ourselves, sometimes we come up against this. But for for um, you know the the like for instance, when we get to like uh, compassion practice, for instance, this comes up a lot when we are working with somebody who's really suffering. Uh, so this is one thing to just say too is like in the meta practice, particularly for dear friend, neutral person, um, uh, easy being, um, and and ourselves too. You know, we are not orienting towards the challenges in the life in the meta practice. We are consciously connecting to just that connection of. You know, may you be at ease in your life. May you be happy. May you be healthy. If the difficulties come up, it's, it's, it's almost like it more shifts towards compassion practice because that's what compassion is. The compassion, I mean, the metta is a sense of care, of connection, of open-heartedness, of holding beings and um, has a feeling, a flavor of kindness, of care, of concern, of love, um, when that heart that is open-hearted, that connected feeling with a being, when that 
uh, heart is receiving um, a being that is suffering, the quality of the metta practice shifts to compassion. So that open-hearted connection, when it meets suffering, resonates with compassion. That open-hearted connection, when it meets um, somebody who's doing really well, can, won't always, and this is, we, 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 we start to see some of our, you know, zero-sum game around metta practice. If somebody's doing really well, it's like, well, it means that I don't get to have as much happiness in my life, you know. So, so there is a way that we explore uh, in the in the to practice, the sympathetic joy practice, that when we wish somebody well, when the heart is really open and somebody is succeeding, our hearts can resonate with joy with that. And so, the different flavors of the of the metta essentially depend on what's coming up in the mind, or what's coming up in relationship to that being. So if there's struggle or suffering coming up in relationship to that being, then compassion is more the appropriate or what, what would be the, the, the response of connection there. Um, so that's one piece. And it sounds like that kind of happened. You said there was a little compassion that, that started to come in after the meditation. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes if you're, if you're working with a being... Um, it can be helpful if you notice um, that the mind is oriented towards their suffering to just bring a few compassion phrases in there, which tend to look more like the negative phrases. You know, may you be free from suffering. That is the compassion phrase. May you be free from this suffering. May you be free from this struggle. Um, so that's a, that's a little bit about that reaction. But I want to say one more piece around the metta because I think this is important. Um, We are wishing the wishes unconditionally, um, which means hmm, we are doing this in some ways, making these wishes to cultivate the quality of connection and care in our heart. And the quality of love wishes at at a deep level, whether or not it's possible, like whether or not it's possible, that heart wishes for beings to be happy. And that's something that I... I began to to realize, it's like, well, what the wish is isn't about whether they can whether it can actually happen. This is a kind of a deeper piece of the unconditional nature of it. The wish is for you to be happy. And, you know, and there's a little bit of conditionality. I can only make that wish if you can be happy. So that there's a subtle like conditionality there. But the, the wish itself is, it's almost like the way I put it in my mind is if I had a magic wand that would make you happy, would I use it? Yes. That is the metta wish. You know, so it is, it's coming back to what, what do you deeply wish for that person? And likewise with health, I mean, often in working with compassion practice, um, with somebody who is very sick, for instance, you know, somebody who's terminally ill, the wish, may you be free, may you be healthy, you know, it's like, well, that... That's a wish that 
is invalid. You know, our minds say it's not a valid wish because they're never going to be healthy. They're going to die. And, and it's like, well, we're all going to die. <laughs> but, but that wish, may you be healthy. Um, and sometimes people take an intermediate step there. May you be as, ease, as easeful as possible within this illness or something like that. But again, I think about if I had that, if I had that power to take your illness away, would I do that? That is the metta. And so it's, it's kind of like connecting to that inner wish that, yes, may you be happy. The may piece there is really, is really what we're connecting to. And so um, that has helped me, that kind of reflection of what, the, what the, the wish is. We're connecting to the wish, not the possibility of it actually coming true because the deeper the deeper wishes are that wholesome quality of metta that internal wholesome quality of metta yeah so thank you for asking that question yeah other comments or reflections on the on the meditation Um, I, I like the the negative phrases. So when you first said, "Check how it lands," and like, "Oh, it didn't land nice." It's, like, <laughs> oh, it's kind of very rough landing, kind of like a toy uh, airplane, kind of a smashing. <laughs> So it, it almost felt like that. Oh, I'm okay. So it's kind of landing that way, but it kind of landed anyway. So it's, it's okay. It, it felt okay. So, and then I kind of got drifted away. Uh, and then, so okay. So maybe another difficult person then. Like a, a little bit easier, difficult person. And it, it still like feel... It felt like there's kind of a lot of rubs, but negative phrase. I think um, it created kind of less kind of a rubbing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, well, I can wish that. A kind of more of willingness to yeah. wish it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you just mentioned like the magic wand, and because I was feeling that okay, I can do that negative like um, phrase meta. I can be in touch with that intention with you. And then when I had that magic wand situation to my mind, and then uh, my hand is not going forward. It's like still like, uh-huh, oh, uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. think I am yeah. ready for that. Uh-huh. So it was uh, interesting to see where my mind kind of... Uh, yes, where, where it's got conditions, yeah. right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. where it's got conditions on that wish. So this is, I mean, this is human, this is, um, yeah, so I'm happy that you're seeing these things. Because <laughs> it is, it is, it, it's so humbling, you know, it is so humbling to see what's going on in there. But the more we can see it, the more possibility there is for there to be transformation and freedom. 
both with it and from it. You know, that the transformation can happen for the heart to begin to really shift. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about resentment. Um, because often, did resentment come up with anybody in with the difficult person? Yes, no, no. So not a lot of, oh yes, okay, not a lot um, of you had it, but um, it can come up, you know, because the mind recalls things and the resentment is often, you know, something that they've done that uh, has, you know, kind of gotten in your way or you've seen it get in somebody else's way and so it's kind of like, you know, you're not making things easy for me. So that sense of resentment is, is it's a common thing to happen with, um, with metta practice. And the commentaries actually have a whole chapter on working with resentment <laughs> around the difficult person. So I wanted to bring some of the, the reflections from the, 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 the texts on this. They're interesting. Um, um, some of them are challenging. Uh, so actually I'll start with the kind of more um, familiar ones, which I mentioned earlier. Um, um, mindfulness of the resentment. You know, just bringing awareness to, oh, there's resentment here. Can I hold that? Can I, you know, notice that. With mindfulness around the resentment, often there can be some, you know, the holding of the feeling, but then it's also useful because there's some beliefs in there uh, around the resentment. And so to hold the feeling, but then also to look at, well, what is being believed? Again, that be the, the beliefs tend to be things that are buried in the, in the subconscious. And so sometimes just asking that question, what is being believed, can help to draw some of those beliefs to the surface. Um, and, you know, it, it, they can be kind of stunning sometimes. Like your very existence is a threat. You know, okay. <laughs> that, that, that is, um, you know, that's worth noticing. Um, so using mindfulness and kind of um, the investigation of the of the resentment. Um, there's a, a teaching. This is uh, this is this is a teaching around when people are speaking things that are creating suffering. So it's a, it's a teaching on how to respond to unskillful speech, basically. Um, and there's, um, there's a whole, whole set of similes around this, and it's beautiful. I actually gave a talk on these similes a few weeks ago on the Thursday night class. Um, there are different ways um, uh, that people kind of come at us for... Um, in, in speech, you know, they, 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 uh, they either want to take something away from us um, or they want us to believe something they believe or, um, and the similes there, you know, they take something away from us. It's like, it's like somebody coming and shoveling ground and trying to, um, trying to take earth out of earth. And the reflection there is... Um, can I be like earth? Because it's impossible for somebody to make earth be empty of earth. You know, so that kind of digging that people do to us with their speech, the kind of, well, can I, can I hold this like the earth? Yes, somebody's coming along trying to dig things up, but they can't ultimately make the earth 
be rid of earth. So that's kind of holding that with a space of the groundedness of earth. So that's, that's uh, there's, so there's these four similes. And the, another one is like space. Can the mind be like space? And the image there is that sometimes people come along like wanting to paint on space, wanting to paint in our minds, believe these things and create these elaborate like images or, you know, so their speech is trying to convince us of something perhaps or make us believe something that they believe. And the, the image there is, can the mind be like space? You know, you can't actually paint on space. The person doing that reaps weariness and disappointment and so if our minds can be like space then the the um the kind of the person coming in trying to influence our minds is not going to be able to do that because it's so spacious so these these images around holding the um so earth and space being two of them but the 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 kind of the capstone in this sutta is a challenging one. But uh, the Buddha says, imagine some bandits were to come along and to be sawing your limbs off. And he said, um, with that, uh, the person who wishes them ill is not doing my teaching. That the heart should remain open even to beings who are sawing your limbs off. This is a high bar, right? This is a really high bar. Um, and then the kind of the next piece of the sutta is, so, so it, I think he is saying that we should aspire to that. But the next piece he says in the sutta, which makes me smile, is he says, holding that image in your mind, is there anything anybody could say to you that would um, like create such a struggle that you couldn't hold them with kindness in your heart. So it's like, you know, holding that image of somebody sawing your limbs off, somebody coming along and saying something isn't like that. I mean, it's, 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 that's, it's the sticks and stones may break my bones, right? But names will never hurt me. That, that kind of uh, reflection. He says, if you, if you hold that image of holding a person who's sawing your limbs off with metta, can you then hold any being who's saying something that is trying to be harmful to you? Can you hold them with metta? So that, is, that, that kind of reflection is encouraged for resentment if you are, you know, if you're resenting somebody. It's like, okay, well, even if they were sawing my limbs off, they're not doing that, okay. <laughs> can, I, can I hold them with some kindness? And again, I think it's really important with the resentment to remember that we are not condoning whatever it is, their action. We're not saying, you know, that is not what this metta is about. It is not closing our hearts to them even as they do that, do that action. So it's the, it's the both and. We, we did that a few weeks ago with the dear friend. It's maybe a little easier with the dear friend to, to hold the, yes, yes, they do those things, but I do love them, you know? So it's easier to hold or to stretch the heart with the dear friend in that way. Uh, with the difficult person, it can be more challenging because there may not be that, 
that connection or care. It's, it's like everything that feels like comes from that difficult person is, is trying to, you know, block those feelings. So it's more challenging. It is definitely more challenging. So a couple of other things that the, the um, commentaries say to reflect on. Uh, here's one that is interesting. It's, um, this one feels a little conditional to me, but still it's, it's offered as a reflection. Um, an enemy wishes you to be pain, to have pain, to suffer. That is what an enemy wishes of you. The experience of anger is suffering. And so when you are angry at your enemy, you are giving your enemy what they want. So that, that kind of reflection is uh, sometimes an interesting one. You know, that, that the, the anger, the, the, the teachings around anger um, in the commentaries talk about anger being like a hot coal. You pick up, you pick up a hot coal. You want to throw it at somebody to to burn them, but you're burning yourself first. And so this does take a kind of this reflection takes a kind of a, a recollection that anger, the that kind of the resentment that we're holding there, is actually suffering. Because often when we're in the resentment, we're caught in the, you know, we're caught in the idea of if they didn't do that thing, then I'd be happier. Or, you know, if they hadn't done this thing, then my life would be different. And our minds are in that world. They're not actually connecting to the experience of resentment in the moment. They're in this conditional world, uh, evaluating how things would be if that weren't happening. And so we are not recognizing the pain of the anger or the pain of the resentment itself. And so this does take a recognition with mindfulness. Like, oh yes, this resentment, actually, there's a constriction here. There's a pain here. This is suffering for this being. So it's, it's uh, yeah, that's, that's another kind of exploration around um, resentment. Um, it does suggest to see if you can find something inspiring in their behavior, if possible. That may be that may be possible for some difficult people, not for others. You know, something inspiring in their behavior or speech. Um, certain certain beings, I can't go there. Um, uh, another one that, that this one. Um, um, this one can be very close to the the conditional one too, so it's it's important to um, hold hold this. So the some difficult people are doing things so unethical, unskillful, and so again, this is not about forgiving or or saying that actions are okay. You know, if somebody is doing something that's harmful, that's creating, that's killing beings, taking what's not offered, that is, you know, engaging in harm through sexuality, just harming beings, we are not saying, yes, it's okay that, that you've done this. And the, the suttas actually ask us to reflect or have compassion for basically the karmic consequences of their unskillful actions. 
So this is this is a particular, you know, this is for a particular a flavor of of difficult being, someone who is doing harmful things that we can reflect on. You know that that this will the the kind of the karmic consequences of that will come back on them. And yet again, this is this is um, you know it's a little bit like you know just reveling in oh yeah you'll get your just desserts so you need to be careful that it's not going to that flavor or or that if it is going to that flavor that you notice you know that you notice oh yeah there's some conditional yeah yeah kind of a a delight that you'll get your just desserts as opposed to compassion right so that's that's the that's a different flavor there you know it's kind of like you know the heart can break around the suffering of the beings that that person is harming, but the heart can also break around the pain and the conditioning that is leading that person to do that. Those kinds of things. So that that that's a that's another suggestion in the in the commentaries. Um, this. Um, this one is is I don't I don't connect with this too much, but I'll offer it because it's in there. Um, they suggest that you actually reflect on what it is you are angry with in terms of this resistance so or resentment. So are you angry with their and they they suggest kind of breaking down the being into parts of their body are you angry with their nose are you angry with their hair are you angry with their nails or their skin and and that adds a little humor sometimes um you know are you angry with their um their feelings um often what we are angry with is some action something that they've done uh we are angry also, I think, with um, um, what um, we understand them to believe. That's an interesting one. Because we don't necessarily know what they believe. I mean, we could be, ang- we could be more directly angry with things that they put out into the world. And, you know, it's like this statement in the world expresses some belief. But, um, you know, the, the, we, we sometimes are kind of attributing belief to people and are angry with those beliefs. And so, you know, what, what is it that we are angry with? So just kind of a, a kind of a reflection there. And then, again, for me, potentially, as I reflect on this now, I could see, okay, yeah, not angry with their body, Particularly, not angry with their head hairs, their nails, their you know, not angry with um, their um, um, necessarily with their feelings, but with their beliefs, yes. Okay, so um, kind of like beginning to to kind of pull the person into conditioned parts we might begin to see that, okay, well, there may be some parts of that being that I can wish well. You know, so can I wish their physical being well? Maybe, yes, maybe I can do that. Can I wish that belief well? No. But can I wish a happiness of mind? Maybe yes. So sometimes pulling a being apart like that can can give us ways in to wish well. 
the last thing that it suggests um, is to give the person a gift. Um, and this is um, this is an interesting piece, you know, because you have to kind of think about the person in a different way to think about what they might appreciate. You know, an actual gift, something that you think they might like. So you have to think about them in a different way in order to do that. And that 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 may be that may be a way into um, letting go or holding at least holding the resentment in a different way. So um, it's time to stop. And I'll be uh, teaching the March month long at Spirit Rock. There will be uh, teachers here on this Tuesday morning, of course. But um, I thought we would finish the metta before I went to Spirit Rock, but we haven't finished yet. So we'll continue when I get back <laughs> in, in this way that I decided to teach in this class. I'll just continue this, these threads when I'm here. So we'll get to be continued in the last week of March. <laughs>